Um, we're starting, um, this is the third, sorry, the fourth even, the fourth uh, Chazorah session. We're up to Zayin Lomad Base, the second very wide line, where it start, starts the, after the two dots, for Omar Rabbi Yechonon Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben Yechoi. Zayin Lomad Base, for Omar Rabbi Yechonon Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben Yechoi. Rabbi Yechonon said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Ben Yechoi. That's the um, an uprising, some sort of a bad literary upbringing. But uh, in the house of a person is worse, is harder to deal with than the the future war of Milchemes Gogumogog. Shenem, as it says, Mizmar le David, a song to David, when he was fleeing from Avshalom his son. And it writes after that, it writes in that parsha, in uh, Parak Gimel, I think it is, of, uh, was it Parak Gimel, Parak Dalet, of Tehillim, um, whichever one it is, yeah, uh, Parak Gimel, yes, that it says there, it says in that parsha, when it's talking about his fleeing from Avshalom, Hashem, Morabutsoroi, how many are my troubles, Rabim Komimoloi, that many rise up against me. He says, Hashem, Morabutsoroi, how many are my troubles. When it comes to the Milchama, the future war with, with Gogumogog, Kasiv, it writes, he says, Why do the nations, they, they work tirelessly, they gather up and they uh, work for nothing? That's how he expresses it. But it's not written, how many are my troubles. In other words, when it comes to Avshodim, his own son who rebelled against him. He didn't refer to it as, there, there he refers to it as Morabut Soroi, how many are my troubles? And over here, when it comes to the major war in the future, he doesn't see that as a major trouble. Carries on the Gemara, going back to that Mizmar um, Ladovit. A song to David, Bevarcha Mipne Avshalom Beno, when he was fleeing from Avshalom his son. Ask the Gemara, Mizmar Ladovit. A song to David. Kino Ladovit Miboyele. It should say a lamentation to David. If his son is rebelling against him, that's not a time for song. Omar Rabbi Shimon ben Avi Shalom has pointed out that it's quite interesting that the very person we're speaking here is the son of somebody called Av Shalom or Avi Shalom. So what can this be compared? To a person, that a, a debt, a document of debt is produced against him. Before he pays it up, if he was sad, he was depressed, he was worried, where would he get the money from? But after he's paid it up, okay, he's short of a bit of money now, but at least that uncertainty has, uh, has now dissipated. So and therefore he is, he is happy. so too with David When Behold, I will establish, I will bring up against you evil from within your house. He was sad, he was worried. Omar, he said to himself, Shema Ebed, O Mamzehu, maybe it's going to be a servant or even a Mamzeh, uh, worse than just illegitimate, born for, born for a child born from an, uh, a forbidden relationship. will take no pity on me. Maybe it's going to be somebody from within who will have no pity on me. Given the Avshalimhu. But once he saw that it was Avshalim, who was this, that was the Ra Mibeskha, that was the one who was going to rise up against him. Sameach, he rejoiced because he said, at least it's my own son. My own son, when always a son has that inbuilt uh, trait of pity, of, of uh, some sort of covet for his father. Mishram because of that, Omar Mizmah, that's why he expressed it as a Mizmah, as a song. 
V'yomar Rabbi Yechonon Mishim Rabbi Shimon Ben Yechoi. Yet a father saying of Rabbi Shimon, oh sorry, of Rabbi Yechonon in the name of Rabbi Shimon Ben Yechoi. Mutzah lehiskaris barashayim ba'olam azeh. It's permitted to contend with evil, with the evil people in this world. Shenem, as it says, Ezevei Hashem, Ezevei Torah. Sorry, those who forsake the Torah, Yehalalu Rasha, will praise the evil. V'shomerei Torah, and those who guard the Torah, Yiskaruvam, will contend, will challenge these, the, uh, the evil people, the forsakers, the, sorry, the evil people. So you see that it's permitted and one should go out and stand up to the Rashaim. Says the Gemara, Tanya Namihochi. We've also learned this in a Brisa. Rabbi Deistoi, Rabbi Mosson, Omer. He used to say, It's permitted to contend, to uh, stand up to the evil people in this world. Shenema, as it says, the forsakers of Torah, Yahalulu Rasha, will praise the evil, the Gome, etc. As we said, if a person whispers to you, saying, he says, but what about the Possek which says, do not contend with the evil ones. Which he thinks means, he's translating it as, do not contend, do not antagonize the ones who uh, do uh, Averis and things which are wrong. So he says, you see, you've got a possible which says, don't try and have it out with them. You should say back to him, says this Brysa. It's literally somebody whose heart is banging against him. In other words, somebody who's got a guilty conscience He's the one who's using these pesukim to justify his choice, his uh, chosen part in life. Elo, rather pshat in the pasuk is, altis Don't contend with the evildoers, leos kamerim to be like them. In other words, don't sort of make it into a competition who can be more evil. And the alta Don't be jealous. I suppose is the best translation now. Don't be jealous of the the, the evildoers, leos to be like them. But Oman, he says, I'll bring you a posik to back up that pshat. Because it says the same sort of expression. Do not be makani in your heart, the, the sinners. Rather, you should be makani, the people who have got the fear of Hashem, all day. Now, if you say the Loshan makani means to contend, to stand up with them, so what does that mean? Is, is he really saying, we're being told here, that you should contend, you should have a go at the people who have got Yeras Hashem? That can't be pshat. Rather, it must be, what it means to say is, don't be jealous of the evildoers, rather be jealous of those who have got Yerashomai. Ask the Gemara. So you're telling me now, you've told me in this Brisa, that it is mutter and it's permitted, a person should stand up to, the, uh, to people who are Roshayim. Who are is that really the case? If you see a Rosha who's enjoying good times, don't have a go at him. Shenem says, His ways will be successful at all times. And not only that, not only will this Rosha be successful, he'll also, in, in judgment, if you go to court, he'll win. Shenem, as it says, Your judgment is raised up. It's, in other words, it's removed from opposite him. He's not concerned about your... your uh, your case in, in court. But not only that, he'll also watch the downfall of his enemies. Shanem, as it says, called Seder of all his enemies, he will blow at them. So we see here, we're being told, don't have a go with at Rishayim. If they're enjoying good times, leave them. You won't win. So says the Gemara Lokasha, there's no contradiction here, it's not a Kasha. 
The first answer is, it depends. If you're talking about your own personal matters, then don't get involved with him. If it's your case, monetary case, you're going to court against him, he could win. But when you're standing up for Kavod Shammai and for matters which are pertaining to honor of heaven, then you have to stand up to him. Or you could say, Really, both of them are talking about when it's matters pertaining to Shammai. But no kasha, and it's still not a kasha. It depends. When you're talking about a rosha who's enjoying good times, obviously his muzzle is on top, therefore don't, don't start with him. When you're dealing with a rosha who's dumb, nothing, not enjoying good times, not enjoying bad times, there you can stand up against him. But no matter how much of a tzaddik you are, according to the second answer, if he's enjoying good times, don't start with him. Or you could say, Really, both, in both cases, we're talking about a rosha who's enjoying good times. But Okasha, it's not Okasha. The third answer now is going to differentiate between a tzaddik gomor, but Okasha, but tzaddik gomor, one's talking about when you're a complete through and through tzaddik, and the other one's talking about when you're not a complete tzaddik. Because Rav Huna said, What's Peshat in the Pasuk? Saying to Hashem, Why do you gaze at? Why do you look at the betrayers? Why do you keep silent when a Rosha swallows up somebody who is more righteous than him? So Rav Huna asked, Does a Rosha really swallow, swallow up a Tzadik? Surely it writes in the Pasuk, Hashem would not forsake the hand of the Tzadik. Uchsivin it writes, Lo no, no harm, no bad will befall a tzaddik. tzaddik rather what it means to say is, a tzaddik, if he's more righteous than the rosha, the rosha can still swallow him up. But tzaddik gomer, somebody who's a complete tzaddik, the rosha will not be able to touch him. And therefore, if you're a tzaddik gomer, then yes, stand up to him, contend with him. But if you're not a tzaddik gomer and he's enjoying good times, leave him alone. Be by no, no, third answer is also going with that. No, said And the final answer is shani. If he's enjoying good times, it's different. In other words, if he's enjoying good times, his muzzles on top. Even if you're a tzaddik gomor, keep well away from him. That's that's the four answers. Answer number one is it depends whether it's your own matters or it's matters of shomayim, kavod shomayim. Answer number two is, it depends whether the Rosh is enjoying good times or not. Even if it's matters pertaining to Shomayim, don't get involved in him when his muzzle's good. Third answer is, even if he's enjoying good times, if you're a Tzadik Gomer, stand up to him. And the fourth answer is, if he's enjoying good times, leave him alone. Even if you're a Tzadik Gomer. The Omar Rabbi Yechanon, we're up to Zion on the base, still um, seven lines up now, I think it is. The Omar Rabbi Yechanon, Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben Yechoi. Anyone who fixes a place for his davening. He fixes his place. We saw there was another, we mentioned there was another girsa, some say it's le torosa, a person fixes a place for his Torah. Either way, whether he fixes a place for his tefillah or his Torah, his enemies will fall underneath him. Shanem, as it says, Visamti mokum le ami li Yisrael, and I will make a place for my people Yisrael. Unetatib, and I will plant him, referring to Klal Yisrael. Veshachan tachtov, and he will reside, literally underneath it, but in its place. Veloyigazoid, and there will be no, he will not antagonize anymore. Veloyisifu bene avla le anoiso, and evildoers 
will not continue to afflict him, afflict Kalal Yisrael. Ka'asher Boroshona as it was at first. So you see, once the Samti Mokum L'Amin Yisrael, when we got a fixed place, such as a Beit HaMikdosh, or now these without a Beit HaMikdosh, we got a fixed place for davening, a fixed place for learning, then they can't touch us. And as we spoke about when talking about fixed place for davening, that means even la in a shul, you should have your place for davening, as well as at home, you should have your place to daven. But within Daladam, it's within the two meters, that's good enough. You don't have to kick somebody out of your place for that. Um, Rav Huna Romi, Rav Huna asked the contradiction. On the one hand, it says, Ketziv la'anoiso. It writes, the, they will not afflict him anymore. By fixing a place, they won't afflict him. And then, Uchsev, it writes, Lecha loiso, that he won't finish him off. What's going on it? So he said, Bitzchila la'anoiso. Originally, when we were sort of doing better, when we were more righteous, the protection we got was such that the enemies would not be able to afflict us whatsoever. But if our safe, and in the end, they would be able to afflict us, but they would never finish us off. Another teaching of his. Being Mishamish Torah, administering to the needs of a Talmud Chacham, is greater than the learning of the Torah. Shenem, as it says, Po Elisha ben Shafat, here is Elisha ben Shafat, Ashe Yotzak Mayim Alide Eliyahu, who would pour the water over the hands of Eliyahu. He's talking about with the, the story with the Ovdi Abal, when Eliyahu had this showdown with the, the Ovdi Avedazara, and he asked somebody, Eliyahu, to pour water onto his hands, and it filled up the various uh, channels of water there. But Laman Lonema, it doesn't say that he learnt from Eliyahu, Elo Yotzak, he poured. Melami, this, this teaches us to be to administer, to see what he needs, that's greater than learning. And as the, we mentioned, the Vilna Gaon and Rabbi Aaron Kotler speak out, the idea is because as much as you learn, that's theory. But into, into practice, you've got to see it in practice. I mean, sometimes you learn things, you don't know what, what they mean. You've got to actually see it in practice, that's much greater. That's number one. And Rabbi Aaron Kotler, that's what the Vilna Gaon says. Rabbi Aaron Kotler adds to it because you can learn, but if you're in the, in the atmosphere, you're in the surroundings of this Tan Chacham, by being Mishamishim, it means you, you will actually imbibe some of that Kedusha, it will affect you, it will change you as a person. My time He said to him, why didn't you come to Shul? He said to him, I wasn't able to. As Rashi says, he was feeling weak. You know, it's not that he was ill. If a person's ill, and definitely he's not, he's, he's exempt from shul. But even if he's feeling too weak to go to shul, he says, I don't have to go to shul. So Omar Isi said to him, but lichan asara why didn't you at least gather 10 people in your home in Daven? Omar Isi said to him, tarikhali milsi, it was too much of a bother. Poshpashat means it was too much of a bother for me to get the 10 people. There are those who learn, I didn't want to bother other people to come to my house. So so why didn't, he said, third suggestion, why didn't you tell the shliach tibur, when the congregation are about to start Shemona Esrei, you should come and let me know. Give me some signal that you're about to daven and then you could daven at least at the same time as them. So Amal Isi said to him, Rav Nachman said to Rabbi Yitzchak, Michael Ehi, why are you bothering me? Why are you so adamant that I should daven at the same time as the What's going on? Amal Isi said to him, Because Rabbi Yechanan used to say in the name of Rabbi Shimon Ben Echoi, top of Ches now, my dechse, what's Peshat in the Pasuk? The Anis Filosi, and I might have Filo Hashem, to you Hashem, is Rotson. Is at a time of Rotson, of 
goodwill, for want of a better translation. When is it an Isrotzen? As the Gon says, Hashem doesn't change from being in a good mood to a bad mood, a bad mood to a good mood. It must be something changes from, from our perspective. What's that? The Shoshat Sibur Mispalinim. What makes it an Ace Rotson is when we daven together with the congregation. You daven together with a minion, that makes it into an Ace Rotson. Rabbi Yusuf, Rabbi Hanino Omar, he says, from the following postulates. Hashem, so says Hashem, the Ace Rotson, Anisicha, I will answer you, or I've answered you at the time of Rotson. Again, the same idea. Rabbi Yachob, Rabbi Hanino Omar, he says, from a different postulate, Hen, Kale Kabir, Veloyim Os. Behold, a mighty God, I think that's how you translate it, Veloyim Os. And he will not reject. In other words, there's a time when Hashem will not reject its filler. When's that? When you daven it together with the with the tibur, with the minion. Uchsivin it also writes another pasuk there. Pado of nafshi. He has redeemed my soul with peace. Mikarovli from my enemies encroaching upon me. Kiverabim hoyu imodi because there was a rabim, there was a minion together with me. So our what we see from this is the mila of the extra advantage. Of davening together with the tibur, as we spoke about, that means ideal is obviously to daven with a minion. That obviously goes without saying. But if you can't get a minion, you can't go to the shul. Person's feeling too weak. Gather a minion in the home. If you can't do that, then at least try. If you're away on business, same thing. If you're away on business, you can't. There's no shul in in you know. At least try to time your shmona esrei to be at the same time as the as the uh, as a minion you know. It could be a minion 50 miles away. It doesn't matter. As long as your Shemen you know that you work it out. They start davening at, say, 7 o'clock. They'll get up to Shemen Esri about 7.20, let's say. Roughly, you can, I mean, you can only estimate. So to start your Shemen Esri at 7.20, that's the best thing to do if you're in, in that situation. And through that, you get you do get some, at least some sort of added bonus. Some say, Mamash to Philos and Ishmas. It's a brilliant thing to do. Then the Gemara continues. Om... Um, yeah, we've also learned this in a brisa. Rabbi Nosson, from where do we learn that Akkadish Baruch Hu does not reject the tefillah of the rabbim, of the public? Shanem, as it says, behold the mighty God, and he will not reject, i.e., when you've got, when you've got a rabbim with you, no matter how bad your tefillah may be, doesn't matter, it will go up together with the minion. Uchsivin, it writes, Padov, Shalom, Nafshi, Mikarov, he has redeemed with peace, in peace, my soul from those who are encroaching against me, etc. Anyone who is in Torah, acts of kindness, and he dumbs with the tibur, he dumbs with a minion. I consider it as if he has redeemed me and my children from between the nations of the world, from God, it's from exile. Because in other words, we know the world stands on three things. Mishnah and Ovis says, Torah, Avodah, and Gemini's Chasodim. So somebody who is, and that now sadly we don't have a base Hamikdash anymore. We're lacking all these things. Gemini's Chasodim is the one thing the Vilna Gon says we still have. In other words, even though our Torah and our davening is not as it used to be. But they say that our, our, at the Gemini's Chasodim, when you look at the Gemachim and the amount of Chesed going on in the world, they say that is as, as it always was. That the Vilna Gon says we still have. But Al-Koponim, he says, if a person busies himself with the Torah, Avodah, that means davening, davening with the Tzibur, and with Kaminas Chasodim, he says, Hashem, with that, it's as if you brought the Beit Hamikdash back. You brought us back to, uh, to Eretz Yisrael. And that we learn from the Pasuk, Podov the Shalom Nafshi, because Shalom, peace, comes through acts of Chesed, that's the Kaminas Chasodim. The Torah is also referred to as Shalom. 
We say in Vunuch Yoma Vachol Nisivo Seho Shalom, all its paths are peaceful. And um, as for the Tfil of the Tzibur, Davening with a, with a minion, it's that's part um, Kiva Rabim Hoyo Modi. I was together with a minion. Omar Ish Lokish. Call me Shishlo Bis Hakanesis Beira. Anyone who's got a shul in his city, and he doesn't go in there to daven, he's called a bad neighbor. As it says, so says Hashem, I'll call over all my evil uh, neighbors, who are, um, who are sort, of, um, sort of affecting, but in other words, affecting badly the, the uh, heritage, I, suppose, I mean, literally touching, but. Uh, the Nachalo Ashein Chalti Es Ami which I have given as a heritage to as uh, to my people to Yisrael. In other words, we call bad neighbors. Sorry. So it means like this: if if, for example, if you've got a minion in your house, which we spoke about already, the idea is obviously in the shul. That they say is definitely not called a bad neighbor for that. And if there's a good excuse why you can't come to shul, it's also it means we're talking about. I mean, presumably it means that a person decides, well, you know, I can't be bothered going to the going to the shul. I mean, definitely if you live, uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, if you live 50 miles away, it's... It doesn't mean the nearest shul to your home. No, no, of course, if you go to a different shul, then they're, they're definitely not called a bad neighbor. We're talking about somebody who sort of decides he's not going to shul, he's davening elsewhere. Yeah, without a minion. That's what they spell out. But uh, as we, we, we spoke about, why is it Dafka called a shocking, right? Just a beautiful idea of the Vilna God, called a shocking. Why, why a bad neighbor? So he said, I said, some of it I can't explain, but some of it I can. He says... The, the Mishkon was called the Mishkon because the letters Mem, Shin, Chaf, Nun stand for Mem is the Mito, which he says apparently is the Oren. The Oren was called the Bed, Mito. The Oren we still have. We still have the Torah. So the Mem we still have. But what things are we lacking? The Shin is the Shulchan. The Chaf is the Kisei, is the throne of Hashem, which he says is the Mizbeach. That's where the Shechino is, apparently. And then the Nun is the Ner, is the Menorah. So he says the three things we're lacking nowadays is the Shin Chaf Nun, which spells Shochin. And as we said, by going to Shul and being Oisik in Torah and that brings back the Shochin. That's the three things. It brings back, by going to Shul, we can, so to speak, rebuild that Mishkon. So therefore, if you don't go to the Shul, a person purposely decides, despite the fact that he can and he's not going to a minion on purpose and he could, he could go to Shul, then he would be called a bad neighbor after these three things. Because you're not giving me back these three letters. Where is my Shulchan? Where's my Mizbeach? Where's my Menorah? It's no longer there. Mem, you'll have. I mean, you know, without going to Shul, you can still learn Torah. Um, sorry, I stopped in the middle there. Not only that, Elashagarin, Goddess Lodavonim, somebody who ignores the Beit HaKnesses, he causes exile for the Shechina and his children, Ayi Kral Yisrael. Shalemet says, Hinini notishami alat Mosom, behold, I will sort of um, smash them away from upon their their land, their space Yehuda at Tosh Mitochom, and I will basically move out the, the house of Yehuda from in their midst. Um, so they said to Rabbi Yechonon, There are old people you should know in Bovel. So Tam of Omer, he, he said, I can't believe that. He said, We say, in order that your days should be increased and the days of your children, He says, where would your days be increased? On the land. Are you in Eretz Yisrael? So how could it be there's old people in, Bo- in uh, Bovel? <coughs> Once they said to him, they get up early to go to shul and they stay in the shul late. Omri said, ah, that's what's working for them in their favor. As Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said to his uh, child, children, 
definitely speaking the plural here. Make sure you go to the shul as much as possible. In order that you'll merit a long life. Where's the posset for that? Where's that? Where do you get that from? What's the source? So he says, Ashrei Odom, happy is the man, Shamei Ali, who listens to me, Lishkot al dal soisai yom yom, to be, um, a shakt on, uh, diligent. diligent, that's a good word, for the, um, by my doors, I have the base haknesses, day by day, Lishmar mezuzos pesochoi, to guard the mezuzos, the doorposts of my entrances. Uchsiv basrei, and he writes after that, ki motzi'i motzachayim, for the one who finds me, comes to my shul, in other words, motzachayim has found life. So we see that uh, segula for long life is shul. And as we, we explained, the idea is, the Vilnagon says, it's the Kliyoka says, because the shul is Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara says, in the future, all the shuls are going to be taken. The Gemara Megillah says, they'll all be taken off to Eretz Yisrael. The Medrash says, the Vilnagon quotes, I think, there or elsewhere, that when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, this, the stones of the Beis Hamikdash were scattered all over the world, and anywhere where a stone landed, a shul would, in the future, be set up. As you mentioned the Shir, people have commented that it seems more recently, in recent times, these stones are being uh, found as we come towards the time of Moshiach, with all the, the small shuls being opened up around the place. So, um, this, uh, but that's the basic idea. The shul is mamish, it's like Eretz Yisrael, he says. So, Omar of Chista, Sedra of Chista, Le'olam Yikonis Odom Shnei Pesachim Beves HaKnesses, a person should always enter into the shul two doors. So, the Gemara says, Shnei Pesachim, what does that mean? Well, you should take two doors with you, and what does that mean? Rather, you should enter the amount of two doors. We'll explain that in a second. And then double. And just sort of in summary of what we came out with, all of this is uh, applicable, that one should try, number one, not to sit by the door. You should sit eight uh, which is about six, 65 to 70 or thereabout centimeters in. Um, ideally. And also, if you come in, sort of, you know, running in, don't double straight away. Stop for a second. This is the other Peshat in the Gemara. It's not, then, then, it means sit down for a second just to compose yourself and then start doubling. It's not, it's not a COVID to come in and just sort of start, you know, panting and uh, shorter breath to start doubling. That's the two main Peshatim we came out with. And we mentioned that's why nowadays there's a foyer built out. I mean, I don't know if that's why it was built here, but the Bach mentions that's the idea of having a foyer, having a sort of a, a room outside of the shul, so that no matter how close you are standing to the door, you'll always not be the door facing the Rosh Hashanah. Okay? Because the public domain is obviously it's, it's further out. So you've got, you come into the shul, then you come into the actual building in the base HaKnesses, so you'll never be by the actual door going out, outside the shul. So whatever shot you take, I mean obviously the shot of running in and you still have to compose yourself, that it, it won't help. For that you have to come in, just take a few seconds, calm down and then start davening. For the other shot, however, it does help because you're not standing by the door, by the door. Whatever, there were various reasons why not to stand by the door. But whatever reason you take, it's, uh, it, it would be fine based on that. About this, now we've just, um, we've just quoted this pasuk, so we're going to now elaborate on it. Over the following thing, every chosid would daven eilecha to you le'is metzoi, for a time of metzoi. What's metzoi? Omer Rabbi Chanino le'is metzoi zu isha. That refers to a woman, a wife. A person should daven for a good wife. Shanam, as it says, Motza Isha Motza Tov. If a person finds a wife, he is found good. When a person, when a um, man would get married, Omri Day did say to him, Hochi the following. 
Motzah o Motzah. Is this a case of Motzah or is it a case of Motzah? What does that mean? Motzah, if it's Motzah, because it writes in the past, like Motzah Isha, Motzah Toiv. If a person has found in the past a, a wife, presumably referring to the wife who was already meant for him before he was even born, the Chazal tell us, Motzah Toiv, then he's found the true goodness. If you look by the creation of man, it doesn't say Toiv. The Gemara says, because without the, with, it says various things, but until a person gets married, Shari below Toiv. The true Toiv comes, that sense of completion is with this, with this Isha. And then he brings out the rotten from Hashem, whereas Moitzah is in the ongoing. Zechsev, as it writes, I am finding something more bitter than death. What is that? A wife who is not, not uh, no, no good for him. And obviously, by the way, it does not mean that they went up to the person as and said, oh, you've got a Moitzah, you've got a Motza. The que- I mean, it's no joke because there are, I always remember, it, the question is asked, don't even say for Chovetz Chaim, it could be even, and he says, what about, isn't it Lashon Hara to say it's a Moitza? So the answer, like I said, I, I never would have thought otherwise, but the Gemara obviously means they would say to the Chosan, is this a Motza or a Moitza? In other words, to bring out, he should appreciate that hopefully he realizes he's got a Motza. It's just a way of sort of bringing out this idea. Obviously, they would not go up and say, you've got a Motza, you've got a Moitza. That uh, definitely is not being a Samea Chosan there. Um, Rabbi Nassan Omer, Rabbi Nassan says, Leis Metzai Zu Torah. That refers to Torah. You should have them for Torah. Shanemaz says, For the one um, who finds me has found life. That's the possible, by the way. Sorry, that was the possible we had above. Begoyim, etc. Rav Nachman, He says, that means Misa. A person should daven for, a, for the, the best form of death. Shanemaz says, For death there are tutsois, different avenues. Tani Nameh Ochi says, we find that we've learned in a brisa. There's 903 forms of death created in the world. Shneman says, For death there are Tetzois. And Tetzois, the, the numerical value of Tetzois is 903. The worst form of death is Askara, this inner strangulation. I think it's actually called Quincy. It's uh, eventually it's, uh, a throat, throat ailment. Nikhoshe Bekudon. The worst, the, sorry, the best of them is Nashikot just being kissed by Hashem. Askara domya kechizra amra. The Askara, this inner strangulation, feels like it's like a, a, a thorn in a ball of wool, basically the, the sheep's fleece of wool, which is pulled back. In other words, some of that wool gets ripped with it. The Ikad Amri, others say, it's like trying to put, uh, put the rope through the holes to make a raft. In order to make a raft, Rashi says there were certain places in the sea where you couldn't have any metal, which the Rashi spells out is basically the Bermuda Triangle. So in order to go through it, he doesn't actually call it Bermuda Triangle, but he says there's a place in the world where no mag- because of magnetic fields and things, so nothing can go through there. It sounds like that was definitely the way they understood the Bermuda Triangle. So um, because of that, they would make a raft or a ship without any metal. How do they do that? So they take the planks of wood, drill a hole, and then, then put the rope through it but the rope had to be the same sort of circumference as the hole. So it would fit very, very tightly. So this idea of trying to push it, push it through, that apparently is what this Askarol feels like. Nishiko, um, what about the kiss? It feels like just putting a hair out of a cup of milk. So it just comes off smoothly. Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan, he says, This last one connects up Metzoi to Nisa. There's no, there's no connecting word in a pasuk. It's the mother's 
how does that connect to the word oh sorry so is the Russian of not so I suppose so yeah yeah um Rabbi Yechanan Amah, he says, Le'is Metzoi zu Kavura. The Le'is Metzoi refers to Kavura. Um, because Omar Rabbi Chanino, and Rabbi Chanino says, sorry, Me'ikara, where's the Pasuk for that? That Le'is Metzoi means a good burial. That's because the Pasuk says, Hasameichim Ele Gil, those who rejoice, um, basically that they're rejoicing, why? Yosisu, they, they're rejoicing, Kim Su Kava. The Gemara elsewhere, that was Hasameichim Ele Gil for a different context, but for our context, it means they're rejoicing, because they are found, they found a good, good spot for burial. That's what people say. They should daven for peace even until the last spadeful of earth is put on. This refers to beisakise. Um, in other words, it doesn't bring a positive for this, but. Um, he says, because in Bovel, we take it, as we said, we take it for granted nowadays, but in times gone by, the, the, the toilets were out, out in the fields. Now, if a person was lucky, it would be quite close to his house. But in Bovel, because it was swampy, the land was all swampy, so they couldn't dig it very well. They had to find suitable land in which to dig the pits for the, the holes for the, for the base HKSA. And therefore, it says you should dive, and at least you should have it close to your home. Right? The Vilna Gaon says it means a bit more than that. It doesn't mean to be taken too literally. It means a person should daven that he should be able, that his mitzvahs should be, be pure, like a Beisakisi, to get rid of the unwanted byproducts. So too, the person's mitzvah should be pure and without any, uh, let's say, ulterior motives, these, these sort of things. Omar ibn Ma'arova, they said in Eretz Yisrael, This last one, Mikulu, is better than all the others. It's one about the Beisakisi. Omar Rova the Rafrom Bar Popo, Rova said to Rafrom Bar Popo, Lemolon Mar, tell us, Mehani Milimadiosa, the Omar Mishmeda Rav Chista, tell us some of the beautiful things that you said in the name of Rav Chista, Bimili the Bekanishta, pertaining to the Beis Haknesses. Omar said to him, Hoki Omar Rav Chista, this is what Rav Chista said. Maidr said, What's Pshat in the Postlik, Eva Hashem Shari Tsir Mikomish Kones Yaakov, that Hashem loves the gates of Sion more than all the dwelling places of Yaakov. That means, Oyev HaShem, She'orem HaMetzionim Ba'alach HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the gates which are a sort of a excel, or a set aside for Halacha, Yosem Mibati Kinesiyos Mibati Midrashis more than the shuls and the Beis HaMedrash, Bati Midrashis. Behind the Omer Rabbi Chiyah Barami, that's what Rabbi Chiyah Barami said, Mishmed the Ula in the name of Ula, Mishmed the Ula in the name of Ula, the day that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Eino the HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba'olamoy, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not have in his world Ela Arba Amish Ela Alokha Bavad. After the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, the Beis HaMikdash was, was built on Hara Maria, the Gemara says Shemeshom Yotzei Rali Yisrael, that's where the Halokha was uh, disseminated to the, to the world. Now we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, it's now to be found in the four Amish of Alokha. For Omar Abayi, and based on that Abayi said, Meireish Havah Gorisno Begal Beisa, originally I used to daven in my house, uh, sorry, I learned in my house, and then I daven in the shul. Given the shaman of the hod, Amar Rabbi Chiyah Bar Ami Mishmed the Ulah. Once I heard what we just quoted, that after the, the destruction of the base Hamikdash, Hashem Shechino goes into the Dalit Amos of Halacha. I would only daven where I learned. And as we said, there's a machlokes between the Halacha between the Rambam and the Bali Tosfos. As to whether that means, if I if I learn in a base Hamedish all day, even if there's no minion there, is it better for me to daven there, or do, does it mean only if there's a minion there? 
and the point being, if there's a minion there, I don't have to go and find bigger minyanim because of Barov Om Hadras Melech. I don't have to go to a shul. So if there's a minion there, that's good enough. The, the way we, we, we take on is that um, we take on like, like the Rambam, that uh, obviously you have, you have to have a minion. But um, because even if you were to say, strictly speaking, without a minion as well, but because people are going to learn from you, and people are going to say, oh, this person, they won't say, because this is, is he, he doesn't dump with a minion. So I also don't have to dump with a minion. So therefore, because of that, says Zerosh, therefore we always dump with a minion. There may be exceptional circumstances where you've got an exceptional time with the Chacham, or he's, for a particular reason, he can't dump that day with a minion. But, generally speaking, just because a person learns in a certain place, it doesn't give him an exemption from dumping with a minion. But, but, he does not have to go to the biggest minion because of that. As we said, that if you've got a place which is mamish, is set aside for learning all day for lots of people, like a coder learns there, that's the ideal place to dump. That's the ideal place to dump. If you've got for an individual, he's fixed out, he decides, you know what, in North Hendon, that's going to be my place, it's a shawl anyway, but uh, so he finds some room and he makes that his place for, dumping, uh, for learning. Then for him, it's got this special uh, status of but not for anyone else. So therefore, theoretically, if he had a minion there, yes, then he'd be able to dub him there. Otherwise, he'd have to go to a shul baruch. That's the what comes out of that. Even though they had thirteen shuls, which we said to state on says possibly lavdafke doesn't mean literally thirteen, but lots of shuls in Tiberia, they would only dub them between the pillars, the pillars which held up the base hamedrash where they learned. Somebody who benefits from his own toil, his own work, is greater than somebody who's got fear of heaven. Because when it comes to somebody who's got fear of heaven, it's written, Happy is the man who fears Hashem. When it comes to somebody who benefits from his own work, somebody who puts in the toil of your hands, when you eat from that, Ashrecha, happier you betovloch, and it's good for you. Ashrecha boinamazeh, happier you in this world, betovloch loinamabo, and it'll be good for you in the next world. And when it comes to a yereshamayim, somebody's got fear of heaven with betovloch loiksiv. It doesn't say it'll be good for you. And we gave various peshatim. We won't go through all of them again, but just to take one peshat, which is perhaps uh, uh, is the the, the peshat Maharal and the and the uh, Rav Desta says the basic theme is. Let's say Rav Dessler. Rav Dessler says the idea is somebody who, who wants to work for his money is Peshat, he, he wants to be a giver. He doesn't want to be a receiver. He wants to be a giver and he says that shows the middle of Avas Hashem. A person who can give of his money, he can just give it like that, he's prepared to donate to Kedush and things like that, it shows that he's, he, he realizes the money comes from Hashem, what I need I'll be given anyway. I, Hashem's my best friend, he'll give me everything I need. If he's a Eurasian line, it doesn't necessarily follow. He fears heaven, okay. He doesn't have that middle of Avo. Avo is the greatest middle, and therefore if a person can be so, so, um, so giving, but there's a better word for it, uh, benevolent, that's the word I wanted, yeah. If a person can be so benevolent, that shows his love of Hashem, because Hashem will look after me. He's giving me the money, I'm, I want to help other people, that shows Avo Hashem, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate level. A person should always live in the place where his Rebbe lives, because as long as Shimi ben Geira, who was the Rebbe of Shlomo HaMelech, when he was still alive, Shlomo didn't marry the daughter of Paro. Right at the end, basically, right at the end, he uh, married Bas Paro. 
You shouldn't live in the place where your Rebbe lives. So we say, no kasha, it's not a kasha. It depends. If you feel subdued to your Rebbe, you're going to listen to everything he says, then you should live in his place. You should live where he lives. But if you're going to ignore and you'll only listen to what's convenient for you, then it's better not to live near him. Because then better that you don't have to, what they say, as long as you don't know any better, you haven't been told by him what to do, it's better not to hear the, the, the correct thing. Omar Rav Huna Ba Yehuda, Omar Rabbi Menachem, Omar Rabbi Ami. Ma'idzik Sibos, Pshat in the Pasuk. Ve'izve Hashem Yechlu, the forsakers of Hashem will finish off, will be finished off. Ze'ami Niach Sefer Torah, this refers to somebody who leaves the Sefer Torah, but saying goes out. In other words, this is strict halacha, it's forbidden during Kriyas HaTorah, once Kriyas HaTorah begins, once they open the Sefer Torah, we said, once the Sefer Torah is opened, it's forbidden to go out to the shul. Forbidden to leave the shul. Until the end of Leilin. Rabbi Abohu, Nofik ben Gavra le Gavra. Rabbi Abohu used to go out between one aliyah and the next. That is permitted. Um, to go out between one between the aliyahs, that is permitted. Um, as we said, we just added, I mean, the person talk about, even if you just come into the shul to call somebody, call somebody out. I've already heard Lene. There's a minion there. Why, why can't I get out? You're not allowed to go out. During the Lene, you can't go out. And even to go out between one, between Aliyahs is only for something which is absolutely necessary. And obviously you're going to come back if you haven't yet heard Kriyas Atoro, or if there's not a minion there. Boy, Papa asked, What about between one Posuk and the next? Which we said, now this doesn't really apply. Because in those days, they used to, after each posuk, they would have a maturgam and somebody to translate the posuk and explain it. So, could a person go out in that time? No, what's it then? So, it's teku. The Gemara leaves it unanswered, then we go to Khumra. We think of one situation, but it doesn't really apply to us either on Shavuos, depending on how we do Akdoms, but it doesn't apply to us either. Teku, the Gemara leaves it unanswered. So, we go to Khumra, you wouldn't be able to go out between Pesukim. Rav Sheshes Mahade Api Begoris, Rav Sheshes used to turn his face around and learn. Oma, he said, Anam bididon ve'inu bididhu. We'll do what we want, in other words, we'll learn. But in Hubidetu, they'll do what they, what they, um, what they, what, what they're doing. And as we explained, Tosis asked on that: Are you are you allowed to learn during uh, leaning, uh, even between alias? And the basic thing we came out with at the end of it was that that between alias, the Bach says we, we can be lenient between alias, especially because they've got the, the long mishaberach. You can learn in between. Some say even to speak in between, but the Mishnah Borah does not quote speaking. To learn in between. He says only amongst one person, each on his, on, uh, on his own, not with somebody else, because then you may get carried away. During the laning, although there were different opinions, there may be certain instances, and most of them are brought, four out of the five um, opinions we, we saw are brought in the Shulchan Aruch, I think it was four out of the five, are brought in the Shulchan Aruch. However, um, obviously the ideal is to follow the most stringent, which is that really a person shouldn't um, learn during laning. Shouldn't learn during during the uh, during the actual kriyasatayr itself. As for can you lean along? Can you read the words? Should you read the words? We said some say you dafka should read the words. Some say you dafka should not read the words. So whichever you do, you're, you've got somebody to rely upon. Um, yeah. Omar Abhuna ba Yehuda. Omar Rabbi Ami. A person should always literally complete. His parshias, the parsha of each week, together with the tzibur, twice, Shanai Mikra, twice reading the Chumash, and once the Targum. Top of Chesom at base. Va'afilu Ataris Vidivan, even the words Ataris and Divan, um, which do not have Targum on them, so you should read them going with Rashi's Peshat, that means you should read them three times in the Chumash. 
Feed them three times in the Chumash. Nowadays, says we said, you will find Targum on it. That's the Targum Yerushalmi. And like Tosfos says, what this, the way Tosfos ends is, is you should read the Targum Yerushalmi then. Shekola mashnim parashiyos of a matzibur. Anyone who completes his parashiyos with a tzibur, marichin lo yamol v'shneisov, he will merit longevity. Um, the um, and as we spoke out, shnei mikrov echot targum. Can you do it with Rashi? The answer is yes. You could read twice the chumash, and once Rashi is fine as well. The a- absolute ideal is to do both. Rashi and the targum is the absolute ideal. For somebody who can't understand the targum, can't understand the Rashi, what should he do? So we said to read the translation is no, it doesn't really help. To read your art school translation won't help because Targum is more than just a translation. Rashi is more than a translation. So they say that if you can find the equivalent of Rashi, oh, I don't know, I don't know if the Midrash says does qualify, I don't know. But the equivalent, that would be, that would be fine. Now, I, I did think of one way of going around this because somebody did ask after us, what could you do? Go on. Could be, could be. If, if the translation is incorporating it a little more. But I'll tell you some, what, one way of getting around it, definitely, I, I can't see him, tell me if you disagree, but is, now we've got Art Scholar brought out the Rashi as well. Let's just read through the English of the, of the Rashi. I did see one of the places that said, you don't have to say the words, of the, I think the Targum, I, I think somebody, I have to double check if anyone's actually interested in that, but I think you don't actually have to say the Targum, it's to look through it, or the Rashi, you don't have to say it, the Rashi, I think it, they talk about it, you don't have to say the words of Rashi, it's to get the understanding to just, you can, as long as you're learning the Rashi, so say to it, if you read through the English, I can't see why it should be any, it's not, there's no problem with the language, Tosis is quite happy with the Lalochel, but we're happy with the language. It doesn't have to be Hebrew. It doesn't have to be Targum. It's just got to be something which is more than just a translation of the Chumash. It's got to be something which gives you a bit more. So I, said, I, think, I think that would be absolutely ideal to take the. Um, correct. Oh, so that's the important point. If it's not on Psukim where there's no Rashi, yeah, on Psukim where there's no Rashi, you read the Possek three times again. You have to read the Possek three times the Chumash. But if there's Rashi, you don't have to start one where he only says uh, one, on one part of the post and not the other. Because the Targum as well, doesn't, sometimes he translates, sometimes he adds a bit more. Yeah? Because then if there's no Targum whatsoever, if there's no Rashi at all on the post, then you have to read it three times. And we spoke about the different ways of doing it, about uh, how many Pesukim you do at one time. Definitely the idea is to do two times the Chumash and then the Targum. How much Chumash you do in one go? Well, we said there's quite a few different ways. You can do what you want, really. Right? You can do what you want. Some people do Pesuk by Pesuk. Some people do from... Parsha to parsha, I mean sort of a psucha to stuma, or vice versa, where an Indian ends. There's different ways of doing it. Um, I think we've covered most of those points. Right. Um, the Gemara continues, He had a great idea. He thought, you know what he'll do? He'll finish off all the parshas of the year, he was running a little behind. So he thought, on Erev Yom Kippur, he'll finish off all the parshas which are outstanding. So Tanare Chiyobarav from Difti, he taught him, and you shall afflict yourselves, your souls, on the ninth of the month, ninth of Tishri, in the evening. And do we fast for Yom Kippur on the ninth? And surely Yom Kippur is on the tenth. means to say to you, anyone who eats and drinks on the ninth, this is the mitzvah to eat on Erev Yom Kippur, 
the Pasuk considers it as if he's fasted, he's been commanded to do so, says Tosfos, and he's fasted on the 9th and the 10th. Right, this is where we spoke about the idea there's a mitzvah to eat on Erev Yom Kippur, and based on that, the post can speak out, again, ask a rov, if this is actually no gear, but as far as I'm aware, I don't think I've seen anyone in the Yom Kippur who disagrees with this, that to take the Kali Tzom, to take the things which make the fasting easier, on Erev Yom Kippur is definitely not a problem, because you see it, the Poshim Shat is that they want to make it easier for the person to fast, and that's why there's a mitzvah on the 9th, I'm talking about the 9th, not on Yom Kippur. To take before the fast, even though it's going to make the fast maybe even a doddle. I mean, that's at least how they advertise it. They say you'll finish, you know, Ne'ilo will be like a, like a Kol Nidre. But uh, you're not on Yom Kippur, you can't start doing anything to make the fast easier, really. Sorry, what is this thing? Kali is a, you know, they, they advertise every time a fast comes up. They're, they're basically, the way they work, there are different ways. I think the, one of the ways they work is that it breaks down very slowly in the body. And they're basically, they're, they're basically energy pills, but they're, they're specially combined with, with various uh, minerals. For people who find it hard to fast, um, especially they have it for, for pregnant women or feeding women, and then they've got the general ones. That's the Kali Soma. It could be they have others as well. But Rav Shlomo Zalman Taka, wasn't, he wasn't so happy with them. He said, but unless if a person's fasting very badly, then I think he allows it. But others allow it. Some of them, they say it's not a problem. Definitely for Yom Kippur, because you see here that... Uh, Torah wants to, doesn't want to make your life a misery. Like I'll be other fast, some you, though you think your kibbutz should be the most severe. Like I'll be other fast, they talk about it. Maybe yes, maybe not. But uh, as I said, if it's Nagea, ask the Rob. But uh, it's well worth knowing about them for anyone who does fast badly. It's well worth knowing. They sell them in case before the fast. Um, it's, it's from from Eretz Yisrael. It comes with a bedutz hechsha. Uh, I don't know if that's the bedutz. Therefore, they're hechsha that you can take them. You know, with, with the God says, but definitely the. Uh, it's, uh, they're called Kalitso. That's the, uh, the one thing they don't have on there, I think, is the instructions when you should take them. But, uh, it's not so clear, but... Uh, well, it's not so clear, but, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's definitely before the fast, yeah. Sovar um, la'akdu minhu. I mean, you, you say that, but for, for somebody who's got to eat shiurim, somebody who's got to eat small amounts on Yom Kippur, they are tiny. So maybe, perhaps you're going to eat shirin anyway. Maybe they, I'm not suggesting that offer, but uh, it's more than the. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't know if that would go down too well. But uh, saying they are, they are very, very small. But uh, no, I mean, it's not uh, not not in a serious, uh, not seriously alochah. So menu. So he said, he said, you know what? So fine. He was told, don't do an erev because you're supposed to be eating today. It's not not a time to be uh, spending all day on on shnai mikra. So sova menu. He thought, you know what? I'll do it early. I'll start, you know, I'll, I'll sort of get ahead of time. Omali was hahusabos. There was this old Tom Chochem said to him, "Tenino has been taught in a brayso that actually yaktim shleyachem. You can't do shnei mikra too early or too late. You've got to do it together with the tibur. Now, what's called together? So, as we spoke about, we said from the way the Mishnah passes from mincha time, where it means literally once they've laid it, or when it's mincha time. That, but from mincha time, when we're ready today, we lay toldos. So, ready now, you can start. You can start Shnai Mikra of Parshas Toldos. And when do you have till? Lechatzchila, most say before, it's not, there are no Shonim that talk about even finishing on Shabbos, but Lechatzchila before Shabbos. Um, but you can still definitely do it till the time. If you haven't finished it before then, then ideally before you go to Shul Shabbos morning, so you should be prepared for the laning. 
If not then, then before the meal, the daytime meal. And that's only the Chatzchel, as we said, you don't keep people waiting, you don't have to keep your guests waiting, you don't have to delay your meal beyond Chatzchel because of that. You can finish it afterwards, it's quite alright, until Mincha time. If you've missed it after Mincha, I suppose maybe before the end of Shabbos, maybe there is an opinion of like that, you've definitely got till the end of Tuesday. And then after that, you've got till Shemini Atzeres, or Simchas Torah, to, uh, to finish it off, as we spoke about. So if you if you're worried for the if you yeah if you go with Arizal so if you're if you're keeping back to this that you don't read Chumash uh, you don't read Tanakh at night then yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do it at night unless, except Thursday night there's a kudah something on Friday night I did see don't do it because of or that. If you do a little bit of Rashi, then oh, if you do Rashi, but I think again that may only help on the pesukim you've got. I'm not sure if that it's only on the pesukim you've got that have got Rashi. If you learn another parish with it, you look at something else, then it takes it out. Yeah, but um, it's, it's based on Arizal, I think. I think it's based on Arizal. I mean, I can tell you the the stipe used to say Tehillim at night. And then if you learned other things, he used to say he was quite happy to say Tehillim at night. I, I, I don't know if it's if it's a choice between Mavatal from learning. Mavatal's <coughs> not going to learn at all or learn his Chumash. I'm I don't know. Again, ask ask uh, ask uh, your of, but I don't think it would override. Because it's chashash, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more based on our reason. I mean, it's brought, in the, uh, maybe Shari Tashuva, it's brought somewhere, but it's not, uh, it's based on that more. Um, oh, so Kita Oma, Luhu Rabbi Yishab and Levi Livnei, as Rabbi Yishab and Levi told his children, it's, it's, it's definitely his children, Kita Oma Luhu, Ashlimu Parashiyah Saichu Imat Zibur, that's number one, one thing he told them, Vizoharu Bivoridin, be careful with a bird when you shecht a bird, because they used to shecht the bird. Um, they used to roast the bird whole, so the blood wouldn't come out very easily. So therefore, he said, be careful to cut all the way through the the main uh, arteries. Karabiyoda, like Karabiyoda, the snan, it's been taught in a bit. Mishnah Rabiyoda, Omer Achi Yishchetz Havoridim with a bird, you've got to shecht all the way through, cut all the way through, so the blood will come out. Vizoharu bezakin, and the third thing he said to them is, be careful with a an old man. Sheshachach Talmudo. Who's forgotten his learning? Machmas ain't not because of his own, not because of any fault of his own. Darminam, because we say luchos v'shivrei luchos menachos barim. Both the complete luchos and the bro- broken luchos were placed in the oren. Even someone who's broken, he's lost his learning, has a place in the oren. Omalu Rava Levnei Rava told his children, Kishatem chetchim basa. When you cut meat, al tachatchu al gavayad, do not cut it on top of, on on your hand. Ikad Omri, some say mishum sakona, it's because it's dangerous. Even if it's not dangerous, using a not such a sharp knife or your skilled, you know, you won't you make sure you won't cut all the way through your hand, but it may damage the soda. Because even if you get a small cut, people will be put off the food once they know there's uh, some blood in their in their food. Next thing he said is do not sit on an Aramean bed, which we'll explain in a second. And do not pass behind the shul, when the at the time when the congregation are davening. That means outside the doors, standing outside the doors. So let's analyze those two. Do not sit on an Aramean bed. That means don't go to sleep without reading Kriyashima. Others say, do not get married to a Giyores. Which we said, we suggested means a Giyores who is like the Aramean, is like the Erev Rav, who is not sincere. Because the Omri and others say, Aramis Mamush, it means literally, do not sit on an Aramean bed. Because of the story of Rapopa, the Rapopa, Ozalagabi Aramis, 
Rav Popper once went to an Aramean woman, filled in the Rishonim, filled in, he was collecting a debt. Hutziah the Mitzah, she wanted to, she didn't really want to pay up, so she took out a bed. Omar Lo, she said to him, Chef, sit down while I get the money. Omar Lo, he said to her, Aini Yeshiv, I'm not sitting down. Now she said, until you lift up the bed. She lifted up the bed. And they found a child who was dead there. This was the third, first uh, attempted blood libel. I don't know if it's the first, but also it's forbidden to sit on an Aramean bed. That's that one. The next thing he said is do not pass behind the shul because it looks like you're sort of uh, not interested. You're denying, you're a kofar, the people who they're davening to. Navy that supports Rabbi Yishev Navy. It's forbidden for a person to pass behind the shul at the time when the Sibra are davening. That's only if there's no other entrance into the shul. But if there's another door into the shul, less no more. There's no problem because people will say the reason why he hasn't come in here is because he's going to go around to a different entrance. It's also if there's no other shul in town. But if there's another shul in town, less no more. There's no problem because again, people will say he's going to go to a different shul. Well, as the Mishnah Berurah says, as far as he's concerned, so too, if you're standing outside in the foyer and you know that the yeshiva are davening upstairs, it's also there's no problem because people will say he's not coming to shul because he's planning to daven upstairs with the yeshiva. And it's also if he's not carrying a weight, a burden on his back, and he's not running, and he's not wearing tefillin. If he's got any of these, either he's carrying a weight, or he's wearing tefillin, or he's running, less long more, there's no problem, because people say the reason why he's not coming in is he's got to deal with the weight on his back, or he's running because he's got a very important business meeting, or if he's wearing tefillin, so that shows clearly that he believes in who they are davening to. Tanya has been taught in a brisa. And three things I love the, the, the people of Modai. Three things they do. Number one, when they cut meat, they only cut on the table. When they kiss, they only kiss on the hand. Because of the saliva. When they take advice, they go into the fields. That people, as Rashi says, they, people say there's ears to the wall. In other words, you don't know who's listening in. Where's the post for that? Yaakov sent for and he called for Rochel and Neo, Hasoda to the field, Eltsona to his sheep. Where he's going to tell them it's time to leave uh, from the house of Lochel. Tanya has been taught in a bride. Omar Amun Gamliel, Bishlosh Advarim with three things, Evanias Haparasim, I love the Persians. Number one, they're very modest in the way they eat. They're very modest, they've got this mid of sneers when they go to be excused, they keep themselves covered up. And also in marital relations, they're also very tanua. Um, HaKadosh Baruch says, I commanded my Mukudoshim, to destroy the Beit HaMikdosh. Tony Rav Yosef, this refers to these are the Persians, HaMukudoshim, who are Mukdosh, and prepared, set aside, designated for Gehenim. That's Mukudoshim. They're going to destroy the Beit Hamikdash, but they'll get their they'll get the retribution for it. Rabbi Gamliel Omer and this is the last figure we did last week about Rabbi Gamliel that uh, he said in the Mishnah. Just to recap, what's the latest time that one can read Kriyashema of the evening? So three opinions we had in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yezer says the end of the first third of the night. The Chachamim say half mi- midnight, and Rabbi Gamliel says the whole night. 
Omar Avihud, Omar Shmuel, Halocha Karabun Gamliel. The Halocha is like Karabun Gamliel. Tanya, that you got the whole night. Tanya has been taught in a brayster. Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoi Omer, Pa'om Mishalzon Kere Kriya Shema Shtei Pa'om Mbalaylo. Sometimes a person reads Kriya Shema twice in the night. Achas Kodem Shiyala Amadashachar, once before daybreak. Viachas Le'achas Shiyala Amadashachar, once soon after daybreak. And he fulfills his obligation. One of the day and one of the night. That's a kash in itself. You said, You started off by saying, Sometimes the person reads Kriya Shema twice in the night. Almost you see, After daybreak, which is one of the times you're reading it, and you're calling it, You're calling it night. After after daybreak, it's still night. Then you teach, that he fulfills his obligation, one of the day and one of the night. So you see that after daybreak, almost you see, it's day after daybreak, what's going on? So you say, no, no. Really, it's, it's night. The reason why it calls it day after daybreak, in other words, really it's night. You can't put on tefillin at that point. You can't put on your sit system quite yet, straight after daybreak. So why is it called day? Just with regard to Kriya Shema, it's of Kumecha. It's the time there are people who are getting up at that time, and therefore for Kriya Shema, it's already considered day. That is Takad Alocha, that you can read it once before Alis Hashacha, once after, and you yet say both the day and the night. There are those who teach that the Halocha bit on the following Brysa. The Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoi Omer, Mishum Rabbi Akiva. This time it's Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoi in the name of Rabbi Akiva. For Omer Shadam Kari Kriyashma Shtei for Omer Bayom. Sometimes a person can read Kriyashma twice in the day. Achas Kodem Onitacham once before sunrise. Veachas Laachar Onitacham one after sunrise. Veisubayni Dechavosa and he'll fulfill his obligation. Achas Shaliyim Veachas Shalayla one of the day and one of the night. So how good for Kasha? Once again, you got a Kasha in and of, of itself. Omar, as you said, for Omer Shadam Kari Kriyashma Shtei for Omer Bayom. You started off by saying that sometimes a person reads Kriyashima twice by day. Almost you see, Kedemon that even before sunrise, your mama who is already called day. Vahodotani, then you teach, you finished off by saying, that when you read it once before sunrise and once after sunrise, you fulfilled your obligation one of the day and one of the night. So you see that before sunrise is called night. So what's going on here? Top of test on the no, says the Gemara, no, you got it wrong. Really, it's day already. Before sunrise, it's day. In other words, you can put on your talit, you can put on your tefillin. So why does it call it night? It means with regard to Kriyashima. Because there are people who are still lying down or are still sleeping at that time. So therefore, it's still uvashok because you can be yet to your Kriyashima then. Omar Rabbi Achav Rabbi Chanina Omar Rabbi Shav and Navi, as we said, Halocha Karabi Shimon Shaoma Mishum Rabbi Akiva. The Halocha is like Rabbi Shimon, who said the name of Rabbi Akiva. That is Taka the Halocha, like we said, once before on eight, once after on eight, it's fine. Omar Rabbi Zera says Rabbi Zera, Uvavachaleim Ashkivenu. But as long as you don't say Ashkivenu, according to Rashi, that means just before Amutashacha, you already can't say Ashkivenu, because it's no longer the time to actually go to sleep. As we explained, possibly the Peshat is, it's not the beginning. If you were to wake up at that time, you'd stay up. You wouldn't bother going back to bed. According to Tosfos, it means after Amutashacha, you can't say Ashkivin when it's coming towards Honet already, because that's really a time everyone's getting up. Kiyosa, we pass the night Tosfos. 
before Ahmed Ashaka, you could still say Ashkivenu. After Ahmed Ashaka, you don't say Ashkivenu. Kiyosa Rabbi Yitzchak by Yosef. When Rabbi Yitzchak by Yosef came, Omer, he said, Hot Rabbi Achab, Rabbi Chanino, Omer, Rabbi Shav, and Levi. That last psak we had, love the Firish Itma. It was not said explicitly. Ela Mechlole Itma. It was self implied. Because there was this pair of rabbis. They got a little drunk, uh, intoxicated at the, the chasana of the son of Rabbi Yishaw ben Nevi. Also, they came before Rabbi Yishaw ben Nevi. And they asked him, What can we do? It's already after Ali Sashacha. What should we do? Omar, he said, You can rely on Rabbi Shimon at Bishah Sadchak. It's fine. And as we explained last week, that the, the um, Bezos Hashem tomorrow will speak about this in much greater detail, but we said that the halacha is there's no contradiction between these various. We said halacha Then we said halacha like the Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoy. Now we're saying halacha Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoy, Mishum Rabbi Kiva. How do we reconcile all of this? The answer is the halacha. Just to know the halacha, but tomorrow we'll speak about how we get to that Bezos Hashem, the shit of the Rambam. We'll speak at the first half will be about that Bezos Hashem. But um, we said that until Alos Hashachar, I think we spoke this out. But uh, until Alos Hashacha is definitely the Zman of Kriyashima. Whether Lachatz Chelo you should be leaving in that long, Bezos Hashem will see tomorrow you shouldn't. But until Alos Hashacha, anyone could read it if you haven't yet read it. Laloch. After Alos Hashacha, you can't. Even you missed it, too late. Unless you're like these two people. They were at a chasana, they started, it must be they started the head, it was perfectly fine what they did. And it's not their fault. They got, you know, they got a little drunk. Then They've got till Hanit Tacham. It's a special dispensation for them. They can continue on till Hanit Tacham. Special dispensation. And that's how the Rif, the, the, the Rosh, the, yeah, the Ramam as well, they all take on like that. And that's the way it's passing the Shulchanorach. It's fine. Just one other point we did mention is, and this is not everyone agrees, because we, we like the Tosis together. Tosis doesn't agree with what we're about to say, but the Shulchanorach does pass like this, that if you did read Kriyashima after Ares HaShachar, Right, because you were tucking it. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault and you missed Alei Sashachar. So you're allowed to read after Alei Sashachar. Then you would not be allowed to read Kriyashma of the day until after Honeit. Even though normally, we pass again, if a person needs to, if a person needs to, he's allowed to read Kriyashma even before Honeit, obviously. Even straight after Alei Sashachar, the way we pass again. Definitely after Mishiyake. Definitely you could. But, not if you relied upon already to say that I've, I've laid Kriyashma of the night in that period of time between Alice Hashach and Onit. As you said, Tosh doesn't agree with that. Uh, seems the Vilna Gaon has already, is, is, I mean, he raises this point. Maybe, therefore, there's what to rely upon to read both of them, if absolutely necessary. He's only on that one day. On that one day, correct. So why isn't it to steer it to behave like that tomorrow? Because, no, because, because that time really is actually a time of getting up. It's really of Kumecho. It's a special dispensation. We'll see tomorrow, it's really a very big kula. The Shas of the Chak will let a person rely upon that. But it doesn't change the definition of that time. It's just for you on that day. I mean, as we said, Tosh doesn't agree with it because of that. Because really, it's done, it's a dispensation. Tomorrow we'll, we'll try and get it. It'll be a little harder to start with, but then hopefully everything will come clear. If you sleep, I don't think it would help. According to this opinion of the Shulchan Aruch, it wouldn't help. Because it's that period of time, it's not to do with you only, it's to do with what people um, generally, um, it's, because it's to do with what people generally, I mean, if you say, if, if, the, if you learn that the, the dispensation is we look at you, maybe, but I, I don't think this, I, don't, I haven't seen such a hatter. 
Because I think generally we don't look at the individual. It's because there are people who are sleeping at that time. And then therefore, if you're calling it, it's the time of sleeping, you can't, that's, this is this one opinion, you can't then say, well, now I want to call it the time that everyone gets up. You have to make up your mind. There are people sleeping, but the gen- most people are getting up at that time. So if you, a kula will be lenient for you and call it, that since there are people sleeping, we'll let you read Kriyashma of the night. You can't then now decide, well, now I'm also going to, that's that opinion. I said there are those who disagree with it, but that's, just finally, the last bit we did, we have the story in the Mishnah that the sons of Rabban Gamliel, they came along to him and said, um, you know, we've, we've been, uh, they, they were at a base Hamish there, we'll see Bezat Hashem tomorrow, were they per share, were they negligent, or was this honest? Was this, you know, like, like the previous case, it wasn't their fault. But they came along to their father and they said, it's not yet Alei Sashach, it's not yet daybreak, can we read Kriyashima? Ask the Gemara, until now they didn't know what their father Ram Gamliel held, they knew Ram Gamliel says, you've got till the morning. So this is what they were saying to him. We know that the Rabbonon, the Chachom, they argue with you. They say you've only got until Chatzos. Is it that the Rabbonon actually argue with you and therefore if you've got an individual against the Rabbim, against the majority, the Halacha is like the Rabbim and therefore the Halacha is like the Chachomim. Is Peshat that the Chachomim hold that Uveshoch Bechom means that people, we actually, this is interesting the way Rashi explains this, I don't think I mentioned this last week. The Uveshoch Bechom means when people go to bed. And even though Rabbi Yezus says people only go to bed until the end of the f- first third, is it that the Chachom hold? No, there's still people busy going to bed. Maybe they have a different definition of what's called going to bed. Maybe Rabbi Yezus holds, you know, once you brush your teeth and you're lying in bed, even if you're reading, that's already too late. Whereas the Chachom say, no, we look at people, they're, they're still, you know, reading in bed until Chatzos. Whatever the Peshat may be, but is the Peshat that they hold the Shachbuchah? That's how they hold the Shachbuchah until Chatzos. In which case, we have to go like them. Too late, it's after Chatzos. Oedilma, or perhaps, Rabbon and Kaval Sikh Svirulu. Really, the Rabbon hold like you. The Shachbuchah means the whole night. People are sleeping the whole night. The reason why they say you've only got until Chatzos is is in order to distance a person from an Avera. In which case, in this case, well, you know, we've missed it already. We've missed Chatzos. So since it's only a Gezeira, if you missed it, maybe we can still read it. So, so he said to them, Omaru, um, he said to them, Rabbon Kavosis, the Rabbon and Ho, like me, the Chayov in Atem, and you are st- still therefore obligated to read Kriyashama, the Haidek Omri Ad Chatzos, that which they said until Chatzos is only Kadela Harchik Odom and Avera, in order to distance a person from an Avera. And since you haven't, uh, you haven't read it, so even they would agree that you can't read it. As I said, but as it's Hashem, tomorrow we will deal with the Lahalofa, how it all ties in, especially because we ended up with a few questions last week on the Rabbeinu Yonah and the Rambam. It's uh, get a, a, quite, quite uh, interesting tomorrow morning, but as it's Hashem. Have a good, uh, good walk.